button to make sure you can be heard. And I think we're in business. Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode 34 of the Rocket Punch Show. I'm one of your hosts, Cameron here, the man behind the fist here at Rocket Punch. And of course, as always with me is the Dark Lord of Hype himself, Darth Turner, a.k.a. Seth. Seth, how are you doing, man? How was the week? How's it been? It, it, it's been a little bit since we did the show proper. We're back. We are We're back. back. Uh, it's been good. I will let you know. A lot of things compounded on me this week. So one is the realization that throughout this pandemic, I have played more video games <laughs> than I think I have played in the last five years combined. Okay. I have okay, wow. gotten four platinum trophies. Oh, uh, okay. I just got... I just finished literally two nights ago. I got Control Ultimate Edition, got that game platinumed. Uh, well done. Then it's some of the other it? like PS. It's good. Yeah. Oh, dude. That I mean that I I was panicking as I played this game because I was like, did I talk about that in my Greatest of the Generation discussion? Because I can't remember if I did. But if I didn't, it's a it's a crime against Sethanity. Was because uh, it truly was one of my favorites. It was my. It had to I be. think it was my game of the year in 2019. When it originally yeah. came out, I love like that control is one of those underrated gems. I think, well, I, I think it was yeah. reviewed well, but people didn't really take to it or, uh, you know, yeah. jump on it like cyberpunk or anything like that. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. And like, it's just one of those where you can see remedy like leading up to that game, but that was the game that I felt remedy. Finally, everything clicked. Like they didn't have the weirdness of the Xbox TV thing. That Quantum Break had the gameplay was solid. The loop was great. Still a good game, but yeah, 20, 26 minutes is a long time to ask for a between act <laughs> cutscenes. So, but yeah, no, I mean it, it's well, free on PlayStation on. Plus. No, so I think that's a. That's, I don't know if that's a valid criticism. I mean, people love Metal Gear Solid, and they put up with twenty six minute well, cutscenes. <laughs> that's okay. Now, if you're if you're a Mission Impossible on steroids. Then yes, I think people are a little bit cooler with it. But I, anyway, I digress. We can't we can't go down this rabbit hole. This is it's a deep rabbit hole. What I, what I'm saying is, Control is definitely worth the play. I playing it on PlayStation Five uh, with the Ultimate Edition. It was a part of the PlayStation Plus collection or the PlayStation PlayStation Plus free games this this month. It is it is a crime that that game was released on the old consoles because the difference in how it plays is oh, really? night and day. Like it okay. is truly, I got to remember it. The load times were, were crazy and the, the frame rate was awful. And the ultimate edition fixed both of those things. Instant load times. Uh, I don't think I waited more than five seconds on any load period. It's, actually, uh, that's pretty it's like, I, I counted it. It was seven seconds from the PS five dashboard to play in the game. So it is that's pretty impressive. super fast. And uh, then, yes, yeah, 60 frames per second. It makes that game playable. Uh, you're flying around. You got lots of particle effects, lots of stuff. It, it was just a great time. So played that. Um, been playing some Valheim. What a game. What a game. Man, I want to hear, like, don't, let's not get too far into it. because We, we, got we can't get too, about, yeah, we got me, topics. Give us your, what are your quick impressions of Valheim? Because I have not played Val- it. I know it's kind of started blowing up here. Since we yes, last saw it. it's uh, it's definitely along the lines of like the Rust style uh, survival game. I will say okay. if, you, if you've looked at a game like Rust or Grounded or any of those types of games and you're looking at it on a dashboard, take the survival components and tone it down. So you don't have the like getting hungry and starving to death. The food is all about boosts. It's not about hurting you if you don't eat. 
If you eat, oh, you get more stamina, okay. you get more life regeneration, but you're not p- penalized for not eating. Um, you're not penalized for being too cold. You are not penalized for a lot of those kind of survival-y things. However, base building, super fun, kind of finicky in that early access way. However, the the loop of that game, hands down the best one of those games. It is... Uh, it does the Terraria thing where you have a character that has its own progression and it has that Skyrim style do do X thing to get better at thing. So the yeah. more trees you chop down, the better you are at chopping ch- trees down, et cetera, et cetera. So there's like your character progression, but then there's also the world or server progression. So as you defeat these bosses, there are bosses in the world, different biomes in the world. As you defeat bosses, you unlock new crafting recipes, new tools. So I, I'm not going to spoil much, but like the first boss that you you defeat drops an item that allows you to make a pickaxe and that unlocks the ability to mine ore. Okay. So then you kind of move into the Iron Age uh, before all your stuff was kind of like wood and stone and then now you're moving to iron and, and copper and things like yeah. that. So all in all, Valheim, very high on the list of like, uh, you think about games like Fall Guys, uh, Among Us is maybe too big to be in this category, but like Rocket League, like games that really blow up because yeah. of uh, just how good they are. Valheim is on that list. It plays like an MMO, so it plays kind of like World of Warcraft. Um, okay. And it's okay. like controls. Uh, it looks, it's got this really interesting look. Like you you look at it and it looks kind of voxely, but it's a beautiful game. It's you, you really just have to play it. I think that Valheim is... For 20 bucks is hands down. It's going to be one of the most fun games to play this year, I think. It's okay. super fun. Okay. Cool deal. I, 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 maybe I'll need to watch a stream. I still don't know if I want to play it or not yet, but mm-hmm. uh, at least hearing some secondhand yeah, yeah. play gameplay feedback on that. It sounds like there might How be about you? How are you doing? Oh, I would like man. to hear about your gaming life right I've, now. I've been, I've been jumping into some games as well. I, um, well... I, I feel like I finally went to um, I crossed into like full next gen. Um, I you know ended up trading in. You know the one thing GameStop is good for is trading in your stuff. So I went and traded in my old systems in because I just realized that they were sitting in my room collecting dust. And I'm like, they're doo doo machine. Get, get them out. Get, get that garbage out. Um, get the I, filth out. Um, some of that money I ended up using to get um, Super Mario World 3D. Plus Bowser's Fury. Um, surprise! Dude, Bowser's Fury is awesome. I haven't played Bowser's Fury yet. Fury yet. I've been going through the main game. I am very surprised at how fun that game is. Uh, very remin- I did you know never played it on the Wii U, but very reminiscent of um, the old school Super Mario games like Super Mario uh, Brothers yep. Three and whatnot. And it's been a whole lot of fun. And um, I haven't tried the multiplayer stuff yet out, but I told mm-hmm. I told my wife like, hey, it has multiplayer. She was like, "Oh, yay, let's play!" So I definitely have to get her roped in and play uh, that. Yeah. Um, but been playing a lot of that. Um, really been been leaning a little bit more on my Switch, kind of just t- taking a little bit of time away from the computer, and then just kind of sitting in the um, living room. And when somebody else is watching TV, I just pull the Switch out and start playing games on there. Mm-hmm. Um, I downloaded the Project Triangle um, demo. Mm-hmm. Um, I haven't played it yet, though. I'm really the fact that it's um, Octopath Traveler, which is awesome. Yep. With Final Fantasy Tactics, 
I'm in. Yep. You know I'm in, Seth. Like, yep. let's, let's I go. I played that demo. I will let you know it is Final Fantasy Tactics. It is a tactics-ass game. Sold. Get ready, dude. It's sold. Um, and then and, uh, uh, another... What, man, I have two other games to talk about, but I want to, like... Do you want the good, the good one or the bad one first? Listen, this is how I decide all of that, all right? Okay. Uh, I love you, but you're going to get a spanking, right? When I was a kid, that's the two messages you're trying to deliver. So you can either say, I love you, but you're getting spanked, or you're getting spanked, but I love you, right? So start with the bad news, then give me the good news, because that's how you don't get spanked. Okay, I ha- so bad news first. I have news. a slight problem with Call of Duty, Black Ops, Cold War okay. on console. I ended up picking that game up. Okay. And I have like you Seth, you know me, everybody who listens, if mm-hmm. you know you know if you listened long enough, you know that I, I really enjoy the campaigns for Call of Duty games. Uh, those yep. are always the first thing I jump into. So um realized after putting in the disc it doesn't come with the campaign on the disc for some reason. Mm, I put the yep. disc in and it says, you know, what do you want to load first? Multiplayer, zombies, and there's, I think, some other supplementary mode. Maybe some, like, other extra stuff. And I, you know, I just hit, like, whatever. I don't care. I want the campaign. Started the game up after it downloaded. You know, I've got a fast connection here, so it wasn't too long. I don't want to, mm-hmm. you know, inflate that. But then... You know, oh, there's um, zombie. I accidentally hit zombies mode. Watched the first video of that and said, "No, I want campaign." Mm-hmm. Go to the campaign. It's not in the. It's not installed. Please install. Crap. Okay, install it. Going even further beyond, they broke out the campaign into multiple downloadable parts because that's how yeah. big it is. So I'm like, okay, cool. I'm gonna start part one. Twenty gigs for part one. Awesome. Okay, that's a good chunk of the game. It's the first two fucking missions of the game. Yep. And then I'm yeah. like, like that. Basically, it's the prologue. Then when I'm like, okay, here's the first mission. I'm gonna jump in. It's gonna be fun. Hit the start button to launch the campaign. Oh, you haven't downloaded the part two. Please go download part two. Yeah. At this point, I was like, I man, I just can't. This is yeah. that's infi- that's a little frustrating. I'm not gonna say it's infuriating, but it was a little frustrating that they broke out the campaign like that. And maybe it's because mm-hmm. of the disc size. I'm sure. I'm sure it's disc size and really. I mean, the majority of Call of Duty fans are playing multiplayer and zombies anyway, so I understand yeah. that. But it sucks, especially when, you know, and it makes me concerned as well for hard drive space because each campaign chunk is like 20 gigs. And I yeah. God only knows how many chunks of this campaign I have to download. But yeah, that was that was the bad. That's the, you know, I have to spank you, but I love you. Here's the I love you part. Um, okay, yeah, I'm ready. I'm ready. And... I, some on a whim, for some reason, I haven't played the, this series in like a decade plus, but I picked up Madden 21 because mm, it was 30 okay. bucks. It was like half off for the brand yeah, new copy. Yeah, I was yeah. like, oh, well, hell yeah. You know, I haven't played football in a while. You know, usually I just kind of like, oh, I'll try it out. Sure. I haven't, I've not touched it in years. Um, started playing it tonight. It's fun. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. Oh, nice. I have... I, my, I feel like it was probably just me getting older and being more patient. You know, when you're younger, you're just like, just throw the ball, just get it high, throw the ball. Just, why, yep. why didn't you catch yep. it? But now I'm actually, you know, I'm more patient, and so I'm understanding more. 
you know, well, I, I understood some of it already, but like actually hiking the ball and like reading pass coverages. And when my guys do cross routes, I'm like, okay, he's open. Whoop, toss the ball to him. Um, I, I'm, I'm playing a, 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 not, not a foundation, um, franchise mode. And oh, okay. um, I'm in, I beat the preseason. There's four preseason games that I'm actually playing through the whole thing. And I beat my uh, week one opponent in the preseason 48 to 10. Nice. Oh, Jesus Christ. That's, oh, I man. can hear that. And that scared the living <laughs> shit out of me. Bro, bro stuff's ready for the party at 2. Hello. Thank you for the raid. Welcome, guys, to the show. Glad to have you guys here. Um, I, I guess that's me wrapping up. That That's the signal for me to wrap up on um, the on, on the Madden talk. But Madden is very fun. I'm definitely going to keep playing it, and I'll keep you guys posted more on that later. Um, how many well. how many mutt packs have you bought? I that how is ultimate packs? I do not understand that at all. Um, I don't. I, it, it my brain hurts when I see all these like numbers and stats, and I'm trying to find the right button to like get me out of ultimate team because it tried to push me in ultimate team first. I'm like, no, 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 no. Did you did you unlock any Cam Newtons? Is that that's a player? He's a football oh, okay. player. It's a player. All right. He must be good. <laughs> He's, he is the football player. He's the football player. Um, but we're not here to talk about football. We're here to talk about video games, guys. So let's get straight into it. We've got a bunch of stuff to talk to you guys about uh, tonight here. We're going to talk about what makes a good video game movie. We're going to talk and celebrate Zelda turning 35 today. We're also going to talk about our video game predictions for 2021 and what we think will happen in the gaming industry, guys, because this is the Rocket Punch Show, your southern source for all things gaming, geek, and more. You can listen to the show every Tuesday on your podcast service of choice. You can also listen live as we record the show each and every Sunday right here on twitch.tv slash rocketpunchlive. Um, just like as we always like to do, thank you so much to the Bexiest. And Brubdubs um, joining us in Twitter. Thank you for the raid again, guys. That is super awesome. And of course, guys, if you want to catch all the videos, podcasts, and streams and content that I make for you, head over to rocketpunchgo.com to check out more of that content for you guys here. Um, we've got a bunch of more stuff to talk about, much, um, uh, you know, how you can support us and do all the other stuff, guys, but I will talk about that later in the show. Um, upcoming events and announcements. Um, stream schedule this week, uh, this upcoming Wednesday, I think in order to celebrate Zelda in 35 years, um, I'm actually going to stream Link's Awakening, uh, which mm -hmm. it, it, that's a game. That's one I've not played. I've never played Link's Awakening. Um, so I'm, uh, I've got the, uh, switch version, the new updated one here, and I'm going to play a little bit of that for you guys on Wednesday. Then, uh, this upcoming Thursday, should be when the Outriders demo launches there. It's a game, I honestly, yeah, I'm, I'm excited and nervous, Seth. And here's how I'm going to put it in frame for you, and then you'll understand why I'm feeling both of those. Mm -hmm. I feel like I have the same excitement for this game that I did for Anthem. And probably a little bit more restrained, but... Um, man. <laughs> everything's looking good for this game. Uh, the fact that they're releasing a demo a month before its release is very mm -hmm. promising, uh, and, and it will continue to be on there for people to try the game out. Um, a lot of features are already enabled, so we'll definitely be playing mm -hmm. some Outriders this upcoming Thursday. We'll take a look, taste a little bit of that, and then if we wrap that up early, we'll jump into some other games there. 
And then, of course, next Sunday, guys, is the Rocket Punch Show, episode 35. Um, if everything goes well, I might do an early bird game stream uh, that Sunday morning, but we'll definitely check out and see. That's all I've got for upcoming events and announcements, guys. Let's jump right into our topics of the show. We're going to start with number one. And number one. Seth, have you seen this trailer? The, the, this new trailer. Which which trailer? This trailer right here. You've seen the Mortal Kombat trailer. Oh, 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 yes. Okay. Uh, now, the, the thing that I appreciate most about this trailer is you'll notice the red background. This is the red band trailer. Yes. So this is the we can do what we want and show what we want, which I think is the correct way to showcase yes. Mortal Kombat. Exactly. And uh, yeah, I mean, definitely, if you want to roll through this, um, um, man, what a trailer. <laughs> what a trailer. It, it, the, the trailer makes me very hopeful for this movie. Um, if you're listening on audio, go watch the trailer for Mortal Kombat. You can also go um, come to youtube.com slash Rocket Punch Go and check out the trailer here. We're, we've got it rolling on B-roll. But as it's going, uh, like this made me think. This is one of the topics I wanted to talk about because the trailer looks great. This finally looks mm -hmm. like the authentic Mortal Kombat movie. You know, unfortunately, it doesn't have the techno um, theme song like the other ones did back in the 90s, but it looks very good, very true to its roots. Um, mm. But we've all seen great promise from video game movies in the past, and they've let us down. So, Seth, I wanted to ask, I wanted us to talk, mm. with this new trailer being released, what are some of our favorite and our worst, in our opinion, movies that have been released that are based on video game properties in some way. And really, what do we look for or what do we expect in a movie, a video game movie that makes it good? Like what is, what does Mortal Kombat have to do in order for us to say it's a good or great video game movie, as opposed to some of the um, shovelware and bad garbage that we've gotten in the past, which tends to be a lot of them. I don't know, what yes. would, you start us off, man. What do you think? Yeah, it's uh, the conversation that we're going to have here. We're going to talk about the world, I think, of trailers and kind of pre-launch expectations. And then, like, the reality of, like, launching a movie. And it's also really impossible to talk about newer movies. Like, so, for example, Mortal Kombat. It's really impossible to talk about these movies without thinking about and factoring in, like, the idea of streaming services and whatnot as being kind of the new normal for a lot of uh movie you know movie premieres and whatnot yeah but to, to kind of cut to the core of your your thing i'm gonna oh, i love he takes the blood and you, ah, come on yeah. sorry yeah sorry you're fine you're fine um i'm gonna actually tap into some of my like uh my degree is in uh kind of i have a degree in film and communication and and particularly story but like film in particular is a very narrative format and there is this idea around uh icons right there's the, there's different icons and the very first one that a lot of people uh, spring to mind when you think about like an icon is robin hood right so think about robin hood and okay. visualize in your brain and do this at home also viewer slash listener visualize robin hood now what's really unique about robin hood is you're visualizing it but the version that you are thinking about is not the same as the version i'm thinking about however there are commonalities that link that together, right? So we start to ask ourselves, who is Robin Hood? Robin Hood wears the green costume. He has the bow and arrow and he steals from the rich and gives to the poor, right? With yeah. fire tuck, right? So like if you have those four elements, you can be Robin Hood. Now, is he a uh, Dave Batista? 
You know, like, could Dane Batista play Robin Hood in an action film? Yes, he could. Could uh, could you have, like, a goofy little Fox cartoon character play? Yes, they did it, right? Disney did it back in the day. So yeah. um, another great example is Batman. Like, what is Batman? There's, a you know, dozens of versions of Batman, but as long as he got the pointy ears, as long as he's, you know gruff as long as he doesn't kill people and as long as his parents are dead he's batman right swear to me there we go there's a different interpretation so to bringing this back together what makes a great video game movie it has to tap into the things that make that video game iconic so when you go back to this trailer for mortal kombat there's uh obviously like the dragon icon is very iconic right they show that in like a uh kind of a i think it's like a it's like it's, all, it's, it's a brand on someone. Yeah, it's like a brand yeah. on his chest. Um, obviously, things that are iconic: Sub Zero versus Scorpion. Get over here. Uh, he said it, the he said it. Char- I would say the characters themselves, right? Like um, Raiden and uh, you know Jax has the robot arms, right? And you even see in that scene where you see like Sub Zero like break his arms off, and that's a great example of of like. Video game characters, or sorry, video game lovers know that story. And so when we see that, we're like, oh, shoot, they're going to show Jax's arms getting, like, ripped off. So, like, how, why he has robot arms. And then for non, you know, non-fans of the franchise, they know, like, oh, my God, dude, that guy's arms got ripped off. Um, and then also just overall, it was very gory and, like, violence I, I was say, like, I think the, that, the, the, like, that's what that game is. So. Especially in Mortal Kombat. I, I, I'm with you on that, Like Taking... You have to understand the, in essence, why people enjoy that video game, what makes that video game special, what are, you know, the iconic moments, the fact, you know, get over here, you know, you have to, if you're going to have Scorpion in a Mortal Kombat movie, you have to have that in there, like, Mm -hmm. full stop, you know, think of every Mortal Kombat movie what the other two that we've had that had Scorpion in it? Yeah, he was in there. Get over here, you know, doing his little thing. Um, you have to have those beats there, and I really think, especially as of late, um, directors and movie companies have gotten a lot better with that. And really, honestly, I think the main reason is because we are getting older and you know yep. back back in the 80s and 90s and early 2000s when these movies were rolling out you know and they were you know weren't you know it, it felt it it could easily be said and it felt more like they um you know the corporate guys were just trying to cash grab oh people like street yep. fighter let's you know get get the buffest guy you've got and we'll put him in a street fighter movie and we'll kind of just generally slap everything together and make sure that the outfits look right whatever it's fine as opposed to nowadays where you have directors and people who are old enough that have played these games, live, been a gamer, live with these games for decades on end, they have a very strong under, understanding of how those games work and kind of what makes them tick. And so now mm-hmm. they can come at this, you know, okay, you know, go to the studio, the first thing, like, look, we want to make this Mortal Kombat movie. First thing you need to understand, there has this has to be rated R, there has to be blood. We have, you know, how far can we push the limit? Because it's not a Mortal Kombat movie because yeah. there's no blood in the movie. It's like full stop. Like yeah. people aren't, fans are immediately going to be like, oh, no blood, don't care. And, and, and things like that. And I'm, 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 I'm happy, I'm very happy that I'm seeing more of that. I really am. Yeah, I and, and I agree with the, I think you really hit the heart of what is happening. Like why all of a sudden are video game movies getting better, right? 
we went from uh, Super Mario Brothers movie, which I would probably say is one of the worst like gaming oh, films of all time, oh, right? Oh because it was, and I think that's like a the epitome of that suit that doesn't care about video games looking at games and thinking that there's dollar signs there, right? And then they just kind of do the absolute bare minimum to try and get something out the door. Then you move into like the two, you know, early 2000s where some ones that stick out to me are the Angelina Jolie uh, Tomb Raider films, the uh, oh, yeah. Resident, Resident Evil films, and the um, crap. There was one other that I was thinking. Of. I can't think of it right now. But like, they're not bad, but they're also very hollow shells. Like, what could you tell me about the Angelina Jolie Tomb Raider films? She had two guns and was Lara Croft. But like, nothing about that movie really stood like out the so plot, they nailed the character but not the world surrounding her yeah. all that well and so that's where i think the other side of the coin comes in because if you go back to the original mortal Kombat film uh which is not a bad film by any means like the, and i'm talking about the one from the i believe it was uh was it 1998 or 1999 somewhere 95. In that, okay so a little earlier that was not a bad film and that film had a lot of the check boxes that you want from uh, from a Mortal Kombat, you know, when you th- when we talk about the icons, right? Like the get over here, it had that. It had the um, Sub Zero fighting Scorpion. It had all of those things, but I don't think it quite broke out of becoming it. You know, it never really like lived in the hearts of non Mortal Kombat fans, right? And that's where you kind of get to today. And there are two things I think that have completely changed the landscape. Uh, one is a little bit older. One is within the last three years. Mm-hmm. But the idea that now movies are content that's not quite as risky as it used to be. When you look at what Netflix has done, they take a lot of risks on ty- on the type of movies that would probably not succeed in a traditional theater. Now I think Mortal Kombat would like that. I think if this if theaters were open, Mortal Kombat would be coming out in theaters. But what this has done is it's kind of COVID's kind of forced us onto this track where like streaming has to be in the conversation, right? And yeah. that when you do that, it becomes more of like, well, do we really want to invest like a bajillion dollars into one big movie when we could take that money and diversify it out into two or three other films that maybe not be, you know, may not be that high quality, but will hit on different levels that people want, right? So you take that, but then there's, sorry, my point here, I'm focusing it back down is, I think everything about nerd movies changed with the release of Iron Man. Iron Man is probably one of the most important film releases ever when you think about what blockbuster films are. So before Iron Man, blockbuster films were made by Steven Spielberg, by George Lucas. They were usually original ideas or uh, adaptations of books that were heavily modified. Jurassic Park comes to mind, right? Like mm-hmm. technically a book, not really though. It's, you know, <laughs> like it's his own vision of that. And that's what a blockbuster film was. But after Iron Man, we learned that if you take source material that is like comic book, that's visual in nature, and you bring that to life with, here's my bold, italicized, good story then it becomes something greater than the sum of its parts, right? So, like, yeah. the, to, to get back to that original thing, you know, I, I said earlier that, like, there's two parts to a movie release before it comes out and when it actually launches, right? Um, I would say that 
Star Wars, the last, or sorry, the Rise of Skywalker was probably the most popular Star Wars film before it came out. <laughs> then it came out, right? And the conversation turned, especially with a lot of Star Wars fans. And that's where you start to get into this problem of like, yes, companies are really good at hyping us up. They're good at showing us trailers that are really good. Mm. But what is the key to a good video game movie? The key to a good video game movie is to be a good movie. Everything about the, all the little fun nuggets that we've been talking about, they should be sprinkles on top. They should be what really uh, makes us think about the movie. Think about a movie like Iron Man. No shit about Iron Man before Iron Man. He was a maybe B tier, probably closer to C tier when you think about like the ma- mainstream populace. But you had the right actor, the right role, and the right story all converged to make a fantastic movie that launched what I would say the most successful franchise as far as like consistently high quality content. Like it's up there with star Wars and they've made three times as many films. So it's really, it's really something. So like you look at mortal Kombat, yes, they're checking the boxes. However, is the story going to be good? Who is the main character? What is the conflict? And how are the characters interacting? It's, if they, it's great. It's something to, and speaking of, like, say this real quick, it's something, like just like you said, making a good movie first. It's just like what they were doing with all the other movies. You make a great foundation, a great movie that's structured, that flows, that does everything well, and you have the themes, the the coding, the the, the characters, yeah. and you know the iconic movesets in those video from those video games that you know that the the hardcore fans are going to enjoy you focus making those the kind of top coding instead of making that the meat and then you know back in the old times when they made like they tried focusing too much on fan service they forgot the meat of the people the meat of the movie and the fact that a lot of the people that are going to see this are Gen- the general populace that probably have never played mm-hmm. this game in the series. And I know that a lot of the times what these movies want to achieve is that they want you to go watch the movie so you can be like, man, that was a dope movie, and have your friend tell you, you know, they're a video. it's based on a video game. Here's yeah. here's the game. Go play it. Yeah. And increase, yeah. you know, increase game sales after that. And so, like, I, I 100% agree with you that it's once they realized that they can just use this just like they have done other source material like books and stuff in the past, then it was a lot easier to make really good video game movies here. Um, Seth, before, before we wrap up, I want, I want us to take a few minutes time before we wrap up first topic. Yeah. What are some of your, what, what do you consider? What are some of the best or your favorite video game movies? And what do you think are some of the worst? Or just absolute worst? I mean, the worst is Super Mario Brothers. That is... So I, I don't. Bad. There's not a so film worse bad. than that. So a s- close second would probably be... No, it wouldn't be a close second. A distant second would be the Doom film with Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Oh, see, you know, uh, I, I know that's a bad movie, but I liked it. And I'm just... I'm an action junkie, so... And it yeah. had The Rock, and it had Carl Urban, and I love those guys. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's yeah. I mean, it's one of those. That's but I will have to counter. Okay. The worst movie, video game wise, because I'm looking at a list of some examples. Oh, you, it's yeah, you not, pull up a list. It can't be Super Mario Brothers. Not when the Blood Rain movie exists. 
Oh, see, I'm talking about <laughs> movies that, that human beings might have actually seen at some point. Uh, yeah, you're right. Blood Rain is probably the the worst. The um, Ui Bowl movie, which is, oof, boy, that's a that's a that we that's might we could dedicate a topic to that. Um, yeah, one, I think one of the better ones. You know, we talk about funny enough in recent memory, uh, Sonic the Hedgehog was. Thank God they listened to fan feedback and yeah. redesigned Sonic. That was a great movie. Mm-hmm. That was a great video game themed movie. Um, what's another one? Um, I I'm a fan. It's not like top tier. I would probably call it B tier movies, but I'm a big fan of the Warcraft movie. I liked what mm. they were trying to do. Um, I think they missed the mark on a few things, but I at least. I like it's middle of the pack. I liked it better than a lot of other video game movies out there. I remember you and I and Will in a hotel room with a bunch of angry orchards watching the Warcraft movie on Will's laptop. <laughs> and that was the first time that I think that I like I grew up in the South, super Christian, so I was taught that drinking was horrible, right? And the most wor- horrible thing you could do. But that was the first time that I was like, I'm going to drink alcoholic beverages. <laughs> like, and there was no better way to do it. Like, the Warcraft movie is the best movie to get drunk to. Uh, yes, it was. Uh, I would agree. I think that's a, a, a solid above, like, above average. But the remember, the average is really fucking low. Yeah, so. well, yeah. It, it, it's... Uh, it's helping to even out the curve, eh? you know, whatever yeah. you call it. I had mixed feelings about Sonic. Uh, ironically enough, I, I think all humans realized that Sonic the Hedgehog was the last movie they saw in theaters <laughs> because it came out right before the pandemic. And so we're all worried that might have been the last theater movie we ever see. But um, yeah, be. I had mixed feelings about that one because I think that they did a lot of checkboxing, you know, like, oh, it's got the rings, it's got the coins. It, it's funny, but it really did feel a lot like I think that Jim Carrey's Dr. Robotnik carried most of that film because of just how goofy and funny he was. Um, but like when I think about the the scenes that don't have Robotnik in it, I was kind of like, eh, it's all right. He goes fast. Uh, ben Schwartz. You got to go, go fast. That's got to go fast. Um, but I do. Th- I think that the future is bright. And I think that we're going to continue to see an increase in quality. I think Witcher, not a movie, but Witcher was a great example of how to translate that oh, yeah, video game show on Netflix. To, yeah, yeah. To a TV show. Agreed. I do think that the, the Last of Us will really be Ooh, that's... probably one of the best, just because that's a. I mean, it's a movie, anyways. It's got so, HBO money behind it. Like, so. yeah. <laughs> it's got HBO money. That game is basically a movie, anyways, and they've got a star-studded cast lined up. So, oh, I, I think that as people are a you know that that grew up loving the video games get into that. Sorry, I just remembered Detective Pikachu. I'm say, great like, film. How have we not mentioned that, dude? That Detective great. Pikachu. Yeah, that film was great. Um. Any issues you have with that story are not with the movie. They are with the game because that story is from the game on 3DS. And I think the end of that movie is a little flat, but man, that's a great film. So I, I think I, I know we need to wrap up. So uh, I, I, I just wanted to say I, I think things are going up from here. I really think they are. I think so, too. Um, I feel like especially for us, Seth, I would be remiss without also mentioning that there was a Street Fighter movie back in 94. Um, 
just in case for some reason you didn't see it had John Claude Van Damme and to you it was the most important day of your life but to me it was a Tuesday hands down the best wine ever made in a video game film <laughs> oh Raul Julia rest in peace sir rest in peace my friend you did a great job in a bad film it was great really did oh. well before guys we, we move, move on, on to before we move on to topic number two guys okay. uh, take a quick break here to let you guys know how you can help support the show of course you can always head to our discord server and be a part of the rocket punch crew uh you can head over there if you're listening via audio services or watching video with be via video it's in the show notes below um you can also support us very easily at no charge to yourself by helping to review us on your podcast service or wherever you're watching or streaming this. Uh, review us, give us a thumbs up, let us know how we're doing here. You can also follow us and share our content over on social media. I am at Rocket Punch Go on Twitter. Seth is at Darth Turner over on Twitter there. Um, if you want to go even further beyond, though, you want to help support the show um, monetarily, um, definitely consider becoming a um, sub subscriber here on Twitch. You can use your free Twitch Prime sub that you get each month. And throw it our way there that we will get access to some cool emotes and help support the show that way. Um, or you could go over 9,000 and become a Patreon over at patreon.com slash rocket punch. Get access to exclusive content behind the scenes stuff you're not going to catch anywhere else. As well as audio stuff, all sorts of goodies and whatnot. Um, you can head over there and find out how you can do that there. And uh, speaking of Patreon, I always also want to give a special shout out to our Rocket Punch producers. Uh, these are the people supporting us at the gold membership over on Patreon. Uh, thank you so much to Jossie M, Julian P, Stephen S, and Adam C. Thank you guys so much for your continued support, as well as everybody else supporting us on Patreon, on Twitch, and everywhere out there. Even if you're just sharing the content that I post up on Twitter and social media, you are helping out, and I appreciate you for it. That's it. That's all. That's all I got to say. Let's jump into topic number two here. It's a we're celebrating a birthday. I wish I had my birthday Yay. hat in my little book, my, my things um, there. Uh, the Legend of Zelda franchise is turning thirty-five today, as of this recording. Uh, we're recording on the twenty-first of February, um, so. I figured let's take some time, Seth, really, and just let's talk about Zelda. What you know? What are some of our favorite games and memories in the Zelda franchise? How do we feel about Zelda? Uh, you know how we got into Zelda, like anything. Let's let's talk and let's celebrate about the Legend of Zelda. I'm down for that. Listen, I all right. First off, I'm going to show you video viewers. You're going to get some some content. I showed this a little earlier. Here's my Link's Awakening amiibo. Oh. He's my buddy, literally right here on my desk at all time. My pride and joy, my little, and this is going to do great on the green screen. Yeah, it is. Yeah, awesome. <laughs> uh, my little Makar, uh, little plushie, That's very awesome. cute, handmade plushie. Um, I, I mean, Legend of Zelda is consistently one of my favorite franchises. It is a franchise, I think, that's timeless. It is a franchise that consistently delivers unforgettable gaming experiences. And I think for many people out there, it is the game or franchise that is responsible for a lot of people's love for video games, going all the way back to the original NES, right? It's been there from the beginning. Uh, it's of course it's a Nintendo franchise, so it's, you know, it's got staying power, but it's a franchise. I think that, 
like Mario, is a system seller. It is something that when Zelda is in the name, people show up. And that is because they have consistently innovated and evolved that franchise to make it something that is truly extraordinary in every generation that it exists in. Would you agree? What are your like what are your thoughts about the series yeah, I as just, a whole? <clears throat> I Zelda I feel like is the you know a lot of people have talked about like Pokemon is like, you know, baby's first RPG because mm-hmm. you know, surprise, Pokemon is very much just an RPG with a cutesy little coding on there. It's got a lot of those same mechanics and I feel like Zelda is like your your first kind of action adventure game um and i mm. think a great introduction into like fantasy content in the fantasy realm mm-hmm. i know that's how i really got introduced to it um is through zelda um but it's just it's i feel like it's the it's that fantastical world for people that aren't like they the witcher is too much all yeah. that crazy stuff that's a little too much for me but the Zelda has just has that just right amount of like fa- fantasy stuff with like bows and arrows and swords and shields and war and things of that nature and you have elves mm-hmm. and other stuff like that and kind of the mystical arts of magic and everything that kind of Nintendo has honed in with that entire series and um just every every time I I, I will be the one to say for me Probably looking at Nintendo, looking at Nintendo's catalog of all their top tier, you know, characters. Uh, Zelda mm-hmm. is at the top for me. I know a lot of people will put Mario up there, but really for me, it's Zelda. Um, are you I talking about Zelda as a character or Zelda as a franchise? Zelda as a franchise, okay, not, okay. not characters, but just franchises in general. You know, you got your. I mean, she has the dope ass Mega Arrow, the gold ass arrow that will destroy all evil. But it's pretty dope. I wanted to clarify the. It's the classic. The classic Zelda's Link is not Zelda. <laughs> oh God! It's yeah. it. That's so funny how that works. It's the Legend yep. of Zelda, but Link is the main character's name, not Zelda. It's, it's very interesting. But I know I just I really have a lot of fond memories. I remember. Um, I remember being a kid with my N sixty four and sitting in the evening in front of my TV. Firing up um, the Ocarina of Time, and I remember my first. Oh God, I cannot think of the name, but I, I it's I see it in my head when you're fi- when you're inside the um, uh, the Deku Tree, inside the great the oh, yeah. first dungeon you run into, and you fight the boss. And I cannot remember the boss's name, but I remember Gore. Um, it starts with a G. It's Gorm. It's the spider boss that's in every game. Yes. Um, what is her? you're googling it? I, I'm googling. Give, give me the name, and I'm gonna feel real bad. Okay, it is Armogoma. Goma. Armogoma. But Goma is, I think, of that that name. It's Goma, and I remember. But I remember specifically. And you know, I, I'm in like elementary school, middle school when this game came out. I remember what you you walk into that room. It's pit like dark, and you're like, okay, what the hell's going on? And you're walking through, and you just hear the like yep. moving around, and then you walk up, and you you look at something, and this big eyeball comes up, and the lights come, you know, the the fire starts, yeah. and you're like, oh god, it's a boss fight, and it's just I remember. 
being so intimidated and scared, like, oh, this is very, like, the tone here is very creepy, and, ooh. Yeah. Um, and playing through that, I remember, like, I remember I had my, my clock on, my clock radio was playing, um, I, I remember in that entire dungeon, the two songs that always played whenever I played it were, um, Share, uh, what was, uh, Do You Believe in Life yes, After believe. Love? Um, and, um, uh, Eiffel 65. Um, I'm blue, da boo dee da boo die. You know, wow. Okay. We are we are carbon dating <laughs> ourselves. Yes, I am. I'm, I'm so I'm 100 doing that. But like, yeah. those songs were playing on the radio as I'm trying to take down Goma in the Deku Tree, and that's uh, one of my favorite memories. Just like how I felt and just like experiencing mm. this game and the fan- fantastic elements in here. I just I really have a fond place in my heart for Zelda games. Yeah, um, I really do, and I you know it's. To think that it's 35 years uh, since this game has come out. 35. Um, this game is slightly older than me. Just a, t- a hair, like a year. Just a smidgen. Yeah, it's, I, and what's, I, what's really great about Zelda is I think everyone has that story, right? Like that is your, your Zelda story. The thing I've mentioned it many times on the show, I was a dumbass kid. I had no idea how to play video games. I was bad at them. I had to have my dad come and beat uh, King Baba because I couldn't figure out that you had to grab him from behind. I was literally the dumbest kid ever when it came to video games. I never left the first starting town of Morrowind. I just literally bought that game and just explored. Wow. I did not Same know that. Such, I was such an idiot kid. But, like, I had fun playing. I just didn't know how to, like, play the game, right? Yeah. So I remember... People loving Zelda. I remember the demo kiosk at Walmart. You remember the ones where you like look up for 30 minutes and your neck would completely shut down because you've been looking up so much. Because they put and, it on the top part of the... Oh, God. I'm not going to get into that. Yeah, it was... Yes. Movie. And so I... Uh, and Rutu in chat says, you're the target audience for gaming guides. Yes, back then, <laughs> gaming guides cost money. Uh, in fact, a little... Probably it would have been a little later in the timeline of my life, but I used to go to Books a Million after school and just read game strategy guides. I remember I, reading. I, I remember. One, but... I remember asking my great grandmother. We were in Mississippi, and we mm-hmm. were at a Walmart, and I like asked her to get me the Legend of Zelda, um, Ocarina mm-hmm. of Time strategy guide, just so I just sat there and just looked through it. I didn't do it. I couldn't play the game. I was visiting her, but she bought it for me for like 15 bucks. And I just like reading through it like, okay, that's how you beat the boss. It was, it was fun. It's fun. I remember specifically playing the demo version of it. I could not figure out. I never figured out that you were supposed to crawl through the hole to go get the sword so that you could get past the kid that's blocking you. Yes. And so I, I just spent 30 minutes every time I went to Walmart just playing around, like running around in the Korok village, right? Not Korok, it's a... Deku Village. Deku Village, yeah. Yeah. And so it was... I never bought it because I was like, I don't know how to play this game. This game's a little bit above my mental capacity, (laughs) right? So fast forward, my first exposure to The Legend of Zelda as a game that I owned and fell in love with was Wind Waker, in fact. Uh, To this day, my favorite Zelda game of all time. Uh, Put that shit on Switch, please. (laughs) But... Uh, I remember I got my GameCube. I was super excited for Super Mario Sunshine and this new Zelda game called Wind Waker. I loved the gra- the art style, the graphics. Mm-hmm. Um, it also had the best pre-order bonus of all time. It came with the original Ocarina of Time and Master Quest on a CD. 
Uh, so I remember getting that and I just fell in love with everything Zelda from that. I remember I had a Game Boy Advance. I ended up buying the uh, Link to the Past. Uh, okay, remember that? Okay. that to, to Game Boy Advance and it had the Four Swords game on it. I remember playing that. To this day, I will argue that there is uh, absolutely nothing wrong. For uh, Link to the Past, perfect game. That game is perfect. There's no major criticisms I have with that game. It is a perfect Zelda game. Uh, even Ocarina of Time, like it's maybe not aged as well, but you can pick up Link to the Past today and still have as much fun playing it today as you would have had back in the 90s. Um, and so for me, that's when my love for Zelda kind of like flourished. But man, when you look at like when you look at stuff I bought and fandoms that I am into, Zelda is top, top tier. Okay. I've got artwork i've got statues i've got shrine i mean look it's the thing that's I mean, like my, mine's in shot right here so hold on uh, the, 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 that that right there actually can i yeah uh, this, i'm not gonna move my camera oh you i was about to say you are no, tempting many many bad omens i have yeah i have zelda's on like so for people for fun stuff for people watching videos so that back wall right here that's all artwork that i have just like it's video game artwork um, I've got a bunch of art that I just have to, haven't hung up yet, um, yeah. but uh, like all my favorite games are going to go on that wall, and so uh, yeah. I'm, I'm super excited about that. Um, let, let's actually let's talk about that real quick, Seth. What are some of yeah. your favorite games in the series? You you know, not saying like the best, but just ones that you had really great memorable times with. Yeah, I mean, Wind Waker. Okay, still to this day my favorite. Uh, I would say if we're like, if we're trying to rank them, uh, I have to include Breath of the Wild right underneath Wind Waker. It's Zelda is a game that goes through many evolutions as it's progressed. And Breath of the Wild was that, that evolution, right? That was where we moved from the, the world that I think that Ocarina of Time was the big evolution, right? Like a lot of the games after that were we're looking to Ocarina of Time as it's a 3D game, Z targeting, that kind of thing, all came from yeah. Ocarina of Time. Then you move to Wind Waker and sorry, uh, then you move to Breath of the Wild, and I think that is going to be what the next 10 years of Zelda games look like, right? Okay. Big open exploration worlds. Hopefully more dungeons. Um, more dungeons. It's uh basically they because they're not doing uh, a mobile version, you know, there was, used to be a portable version of Zelda and then a console version of Zelda, right? And they always delineated them. So there was the portable versions, you know, Phantom Hourglass, uh, you know, games specific to mobile. I hate to say mobile because it's got a phone connotation, but like portable devices. And then you had the console versions, which would have been your Wind Waker's Skyward Sword, Twilight Princess and whatnot. But, mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I mean, Wind Waker... Uh, Link to the Past. I mean, I, I love that one. Uh, and I personally, I have mixed feelings about Twilight Princess. It's one of those that I remember not really enjoying the like having to be a wolf thing. Every Zelda game has a has a nature gimmick, right? There's always a nature gimmick, and that one was you turn into a wolf. And I remember just not really vibing with that as as much. Mm. But I know that game is good. That game is very very good. Uh, and that those wolf segments probably didn't age as poorly as I thought they were at the time. So, um, so those would probably be my big three though, would be, uh, link to the pet or number one would be wind waker. Then, uh, breath of the wild, breath of the wild, then okay. link to the past. Yes. Okay. Those are, okay. okay. Um, that's my hot ranking. 
my what so, about you? Some of my favorites. Um, it's Ocarina of Time. Uh, yeah, I talked about it. It's got a special place in my my heart. It was the first Zelda game that I played. Um, yep. So I definitely have a hold that deep, very close to my chest. Wind it's Waker, like Doctor Who. It's the the first one you see is the, your favorite Doctor, right? Yeah. And so <laughs> Zelda's the same way. The first one you play is your favorite Zelda. Um, so. the, the Wind Waker is up there as well. Um, it's right up mm-hmm. there. I, I love the Wind Waker. I'm with you. Bring it to Switch for all that is good and holy. You don't yeah. have to worry about motion controls with Wind Waker. Just saying, just throwing it out there. I, I um, still, uh, not a prediction for later in the show, but it, uh, E3, that will be, has to be, if you're not. Are um, you even porting games at that point? Good point, good point. Can you even say you're porting games? Um, Anyways, continue, sorry. Oh, I'm, um, uh, one, I, another one, since I really enjoy Ocarina of Time, and I can kind of put it with Ocarina of Time, Majora's Mask is great. I loved yeah. Majora's Mask. I loved the theme they were going with there. And just, you know, especially after Ocarina of Time, I was just like, give me more. And Majora's Mask was really unique and different um, that I really enjoyed. And then another one that I I wasn't expecting to play, but ended up finding out I really enjoyed it. it it's funny because I haven't played A Link to the Past, or I'm playing, I'm still, I'm, I have to beat it. I haven't. Pl- I've played a little mm-hmm. bit of it, but not a lot. But yeah. um, a link between worlds. Yes. Uh, that was on the 3ds. Man, I loved that game. It was so awesome. Yes. It was super, was super great. awesome. Um, but no, those are some of my favorites. Those are a couple of my yeah. favorite Zelda games there. Um, but but before we move on to our third and final topic here, Seth, a uh, mm-hmm. little challenge. Um, want you to guess number one. Oh, we'll ask the first question first. According to Metacritic, what is the highest rated Nintendo game? No it's cheats. Ocarina of Time. No Ocarina cheats. Of time. Ocarina of Time. You are correct. Yeah. Ocarina of Time is the highest rated Zelda game with a 99. Yep. Um, Sounds about right. What are the top, according to Metacritic, what are the top five um, games? And, and some of them have them broken out in different versions. I'm not going to count that. Um, but okay. the, the top five Zelda games, according to Metacritic. From Metacritic. So this has got to be the ones that gaming press suck on. They love that. <laughs> uh, so uh, Ocarina of Time, big okay. one. Uh, it doesn't have to be in any order, just the yeah. top five. I would. Breath of the Wild is definitely on that list. Okay, that's two. Um. See, this is tough because, like, A Link to the Past should be on that list. But I don't know that that it came out in a time that Game Press was covering it. So I'm going to say Link to the Past. No. Link to the Past is not, okay. not in the top five. It's, it's right outside of it, but it's not in the top five. So then, um, what, is Wind Waker on the list? Wind Waker is on it. Wow, okay. I remember that game got kind of panned when it came out, but maybe that was a... Fan, no, just fan everybody thing. saw the yeah. the whole Zelda, cell yeah. shaded crap. And um, I, I was I was remember I was like, get that shit out of here. This game's gonna be great. Four, yeah. yes, Twilight, Twilight Princess, Princess is number four. Has got to be on there. And I want to say a link between worlds. Nope. Nope. Okay, that's my second strike. I'm trying to get this last one. One more. One more. Oh man, let's see. Link's Awakening. Third strike. 
Um, according ah. to this, based on like at taking out duplicates, the uh, yep. fifth, the um, you got the top four. So, Ocarina of Time, Breath of the Wild, Wind Waker, Twilight Princess. Uh, that's a duplicate, and that's a duplicate, and then the fifth one is Majora's Mask. Oh, actually. I was thinking about it, but I was—I didn't know how that one responded to to press. I feel like, sorry, I'm going to get a little cynical here. I feel like when you reuse assets, press tends to hit you really hard for that. But maybe not back then. Maybe you got a passport back then because you had to to get stuff out the door. But I mean, let's be real: if if Breath of the Wild two comes out and it's the same map it will be reflected in the Metacritic score. Like, even if it's all new game, it would be reflected. So, but that's interesting. That's, that's good to know. So I love Zelda. Zelda's great, but I would say top, top three gaming franchise of all time. Like, okay. Okay. Um, Ooh boy. Okay. So we're going to move to topic number three, but before we do that, I've got to take a bathroom break. So I'm going to go do that. Um, Seth, Talk about something while I take a bathroom break. Well, I was going to take a bathroom break too, but it doesn't matter because now I have been drafted to talk to you about something. So I'm going to share. uh, Cameron had a chance to plug some of his stuff. I'm going to plug something I've been working on. Um, So if you live uh, in Huntsville, Alabama, um, I have a brand new project that might be interesting for you. It is called the Geek End Newsletter. Uh, This is a new weekly newsletter that um, I have partnered with a really awesome uh, kind of social media uh, influencer account named Geek Out Huntsville. They they post a lot of uh, Huntsville tailored memes that are uh, funny. They talk, uh, you know, funny in the geek way. They talk a lot about like what's happening in Huntsville. It's basically just like a hub for like all things geeky in Huntsville. Um, so they approached me a couple of weeks ago because they wanted to find a way to kind of reach more people, but also you know, the, the social media is becoming really inundated with a lot of redundant content, algorithms, you really have to pay to play. So we wanted to kind of find a way to like bring the the, the fun of Geek Out Huntsville to like a more core audience. Sorry, I'm plugging the geek in. Uh, keep, keep doing it. Keep doing it. So we, um, they approached me, we talked about it, I did a little bit of uh, research thinking about it. We thought an email newsletter would be the best way to do it because it allows people to sign up for free. And then each week, I create a newsletter that includes some of the Geek Out Huntsville's best posts. So if you missed them or uh, even if you saw them, you can kind of see them again and have them memorialized, I guess, in a email. But also I put um, geeky happenings around Huntsville. So like really important geeking events that's happening recently. Uh, We're uh, kind of working with local game stores to try and find their calendars and that kind of thing. So we're really trying to be like a hub for geeky events. And then also I have this massive calendar of geeky dates uh, and I am basically tapping into that calendar. So it'll be like Resident Evil released on this day and X year, right? Like kind of like this day in gaming or this day in nerd culture. Uh, So I include the next week's geeky events. So you can kind of keep an eye on what's coming up in the world of geeky things. Uh, But anyways, this whole newsletter is totally free. It is uh, uh, it is uh, something that we're doing to just kind of help build the name Geek Out Huntsville. Uh, and you can sign up for free right now. It is at Geek End. So think weekend, but with the word geek instead. Geekend.geekouthuntsville.com. Uh, you can go there. It's really simple. You put in your email. You click sign up. It's totally free. We're not spamming you. We send, a, you know, the one email a week. Uh, and we don't use your information in any way other than just to send out this awesome newsletter. It's pretty dope. Don't subscribe. 
yeah, go subscribe. I uh, I am a designer by trade, so it's fun for me to kind of work on this. But I've also got to learn a lot about coding because HTML, surprise, HTML is what all your emails are made in. So I am going in and really digging in. I'm writing lines of code myself. It's really fun uh, learning project for me, but it's really, it's been fantastic working with Geek Out Huntsville. There's such a awesome group of folks to work with and it's been really exciting so far and we've only sent out two issues so uh we're kind of trial running this for six months to see how it goes so there are plenty of issues left to get uh and if it does really well it will be something that we continue to do moving forward so head over geekend.geekouthuntsville.com sign up for free today thank you for letting me plug that no problem. Now, you go use the bathroom real quick while I okay. set us up for right. topic number three. Um, as Seth is going to take his break as well and use his token. Guys, topic number three is a fun one. Uh, Seth actually suggested it. It's a pretty awesome one here. So kind of what we've done in the past here at Rocket Punch is, um, and we're, we're, we're promising that we're going to do a better job of tracking it this time, uh, but... It's kind of, it's still the beginning of ish of the year. Gaming stuff is starting to roll out. It's starting to pick up steam. And um, we're going to do our video game predictions oh, excuse me, for 2021. And what that's going to entail is really, we're going to, we're going to talk and we're each going to make five predictions on what we think is going to happen in the video gaming world. Um, and... We're going to track them throughout the year, and then at the end of the year, probably right before or right after our Game of the Year stuff, we're going to revisit them and see how we did um, and see who the winner is um, and who won the video game predictions ordeal there. So we're going to get that set up here um, right after I plug in my headset power because I just heard a beep to beep which makes me think that I'm going to lose power really quick. But um, we've each got, kind of set it up for you guys. We each have five predictions that we're going to make. Um, and make sure that's lighting up. Excellent. We each have five predictions that we're going to make. You there, Seth? Hi, I'm back. Okay, welcome back. Hey. Um, Denevian in chat says, <laughs> software devs, am I right, Cam? You're right, Denevian. Welcome to the stream, man. Um, but no, we're going to, we each have five, we've got a bunch of them, but we're going to pick choose five. I'm actually mm-hmm. going to, I'm going to put them in the show notes, Seth. So that way they are on official record. Okay. And, um, then at the end of the year, we're going to revisit them and see who, who was better. All right. So I got a question you. for you. What are the stakes here? What are the stakes? What do you want the stakes to be? Let's make it interesting. Do we want the stakes to be stakes. A stake from somewhere to Ooh, be the steak. Okay, let's do that. Or is that too highballer? Uh, do we need to do like a pizza? No, you can. Uh, pizza's old. Pizza bets are garbage. Everybody does pizza bets. We gotta make it like All right, steak. We'll say this: if I am still employed at a really good job, <laughs> we can do steaks. Well, you, you Being can a do designer. Steaks, we can do steaks at a reasonable price. We're not having to go yeah, to like Ruth right, Chris right, or right. anything like that. But like a Longhorn or maybe like a Texas Roadhouse with like a lower end. Like, gonna, we can do that. I'm down with that. Oh, uh, I am down with that. Um, so, yeah. winner will... Um, the steaks are steaks. The steaks are steaks. The winner gets um, a steak dinner from the other person. And we will winner, winner, steak dinner. Damn, that's pretty good. That's pretty good. 
I mean, I can't take credit for that. It's a PUBG thing. But uh, all right. So who's first? Who's first? Um, let's flip the coin and find out. Uh, okay. One more question. Since there yes. are stakes involved, can we... And we'll have to kind of do this amongst ourselves. But like, if one of us guess, this is a fake one. But what, what if, like, like, let's say at the beginning of 2020, one of our predictions was the PlayStation Five will outsell the Xbox Series X. That could the other person be like, that's bullshit. You can't like that's you can't make a prediction that easy. You gotta add something to it to make it more more of a risk right like because we will we will both as we as we review these we we can both be judges on the predictions okay. we we can't there can be no softballs especially with a steak dinner on the line no yes. softballs yes. it can't be like the nintendo is going to sell a lot of games this year no none of that crap we've got to be no, yeah. okay. as specific as we can a, a solid prediction none of this easy softball bullshit mm-hmm. I, i'm with you on that All right one. we will okay, bet perfect. our own uh, we'll each after we read each one, we'll vet it. We'll make sure. Hey, we'll get, we give the thumbs up. Let's do it. Perfect. Okay. Cool. 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 So right. it's we're, we'll kind of have to police it ourselves. Yes. What light side is myself? Dark side is Seth. Hold on. Shut up, Google. <laughs> Google cannot participate. Gonna it do don't. That. Not a participant. Gonna flip. Gonna take a look. What is that? That's the light side. That's so the light side. I get to go first. All right. Uh, okay, which one do I want to? Um, what's what's a what's a good one? And you know, <laughs> Seth, you know very well that I, I I always like doing partial partial predictions, i.e., predictions okay. that have you know can be broken up into parts. So you can have yeah, a prediction yeah, yeah. as long as you identify it as such that it, you know if it has two parts, as you know if you get one part right but not the other one, it's half a point. Etc. Cetera, et cetera. Yeah, we can go half and decimal point stuff like that. Okay, so, um, what is? Mm, mm. All right. So if oh. you're if you if you rate yours, your your leader should be either your number three or number two. You shouldn't lead with your best one. Well, or I, I've, I've, one. I've I've got a bunch of them. I just I have a bunch of them written down. And okay. I'm trying to decide which ones. Um, uh, okay. Okay. Um, yes, I have. Here's my here's my first one. I got. One. All right. We'll do this one. Cameron prediction one go. Microsoft. Okay. It's it's a multi-parter, so I'm gonna identify the parts. Okay. Here. All right. Number one or part of it. Microsoft will release at least three, um, for like three games from their first-party studios. That's any studio within their umbrella of first-party Xbox game studios. I'm actually not going to consider Bethesda because that sale isn't official yet, so I'm going to push Bethesda out. These are specifically three of the studios from Xbox Game Studios under Microsoft will release a game this year. And they will... The second part of this is that those three games will review positively with critics. And by positively, I mean in 85 or above. I'm using the... um, um, Metacritic, the not or... the Metacritic, the um, Open Critic rule, but we can use oh, Metacritic okay. as a guide too because Open Critic does eighty-five or higher, Metacritic does ninety or higher. I'm talking like okay. they are like must plays, whatever you want to call them. The three games, three of the games from Microsoft Studios, 
they will be released this they were released this year and they will get an 85 or higher according you know they will be in the top part of those games okay. this year. that's my two parts I will I will accept that. I know Psychonauts and Halo are two games that are slated for this year, and both of those games should do better than 85 because they are sequels to games that have previously done that. But I will accept it because there is always a chance that one of those games will not. Uh, and that's why, like, that's a two-parter. I think that... Yeah. I... I it's... I, I think... I really think if, if, if there's any time... I think this is the year that Microsoft slowly starts to put the pedal down on their Xbox Game Studio lineup and the games that they're showing out. You know, last year was not a great showing for exclusive Xbox games. And the yeah. ones that we did get, there were, you know, uh, Gears Tactics rate reviewed pretty well, but yeah. a couple of the other ones were just kind of like, they send, tended to be kind of middle of the road, whatnot. And yeah. so... Um, I think that this is going to be Xbox's year and Microsoft's year to really showcase a lot of what their titles have to offer. Yeah. Um, I mean, you know, yeah, Infinite's going to be a big one as well. But yeah. we have seen before where, my, uh, you know, Master Chief Collection was not received fairly well at launch. And so there's still a chance. Hopefully yeah. the team over at 343 Industries does well, but, you know. Still a little yeah. rocky road there. We'll see. We'll see. And I mean, like, if you look at last year, their most successful game as far as user base, and I think hours played, was probably Sea of Thieves. And that is a game they released two years prior. So it's one of those where you're starting to see Microsoft's new game isn't about new games, if that makes sense. It's about making games that can snowball over time, that can become, you know, they're going for that. I guess the, I hate to make this comparison because it's not really a fair compare, but like you look at what Fortnite does, right? Like Fortnite is a game that evolves and continues to grow. Whereas uh, a game like control, right? Like comes out and then it's mm. kind of done, right? Like once you beat it, you're done. So I, I, I'd be interested to see if that's how they continue. But I, I think that's a good suggestion. Rutu in chat says Halo Infinite, Sinua and Psychonauts. Those three could easily make that thing happen. I don't, but I still I don't, think that's pretty fair. I don't because think those are all three wild. I don't think Senua's coming out this year. Yeah, Senua is one I'm not sure is coming out this year. Um, if they've said that, please correct us, but I think that's a good prediction. That's a good prediction. Uh, ready for mine? Yes. All right, so this one, you can't say I can't use this one because it's been on every predictions list I've ever done for Rocket Punch. It will also be on this predictions list. Bloodborne will be remastered this year for the PlayStation 5. Full 60 frames per second, full 4K, it will be the definitive version of Bloodborne. You have to accept it because it's been every list I've ever made has had it on it. I've always <laughs> lost that point. But this year, this is the year, y'all. 2016 wasn't the year. 2017 wasn't the year. 18, 19, 20, not the years. I actually don't think I did it in 20 or 19. You weren't on the show last year. I wasn't so on the show. You. But I'm back. And you know nothing's changed because here I am again. Bloodborne will be remastered for the PlayStation 5 okay. in the year of our Lord 2021. Okay. Lock it in. So I I, I need that's your it's one it's one point. Just Bloodborne will be remastered this year. Bloodborne will be remastered for PlayStation 5. Okay. Uh, I hopeful I it would be nice if that game gets ported to PC, but I don't know what the license looks like for that. So I'm going to say at a, at a, as a prediction, it will come to PS5. Okay. 
Bloodborne will be remastered for PS5 this year. Yeah. That is your prediction. Yes. And I would say that is the softballiest one I have, but I get to do it because it's been my prediction. I've wasted three years of predictions on that prediction. And if I'm going to waste another one, that's okay. But if it hits, it's going to hit. I will. This might be the. uh, This isn't really softballiest, but it's one of the. It's on the similar vein to your prediction here, Seth. Um, My second prediction is very simple. Okay. Bayonetta 3 gets released this year. You're insane. Well, throw that point out the window. <laughs> it will get released this year. I Did you know I, I'm on time. <laughs> um, it, it, it's just I don't. I it's that game has been too quiet too long, and I feel like especially after uh, somebody they made a good point. Like Breath of the Wild was announced four months before it was released. Or at least a handful of months before it was released. And I think Bayonetta 3 has been in some dark, dark dungeon with developers working on it long enough that I think that whenever it does get announced, it's going to be another kind of, I don't say quick, but quick turnaround where it gets announced and then it's going to be available in a few months after the fact. But it will get released this year. I'm, I'm, I'm staking a prediction on it. It will get released this year. I'm going to look something up real quick. I Just out of my own curiosity, I think that's a great suggestion. Mm-hmm. Um, so Platinum Games, obviously the people that make that, they just did... Um, crap. They, uh, Wonderful 101, they ported that to Switch. Uh, okay. They have... Babylon's Fall is a big thing that's on their, their thing as well. Uh, they did oh, Astral yeah. Chain before that. It's dope. And, Go play Astral Chain. Yeah. Oh. And then Near. Now, in your defense, I'm on Platinum's website right now. There is a slide in the header for Bayonetta 3. So of the six slide spots they have, there is one for Bayonetta 3, which is a good sign. When I click it, I go to a page that says release date TBA, ESRB TBA, and... It's the Game Awards 2017 video. It's so. coming. It's coming. It's coming. Okay. okay. All right. It's coming. That's my number two. That's your number two. All right. Um, Rutu um, says in chat, aren't they doing an Automata game? I don't think they're doing Near Replicant. No, think, Near Replicant, I don't think it's them. Um, that is a different developer. It's uh, Yeah, because that's that's like a port. Or like that's a oh. remake re- slash remaster kind of yeah. situation. Um, so number next two. one. Number two, uh, E3 is going to be rough this year. And let me specify what I mean by this. Uh, It is going to have a lot of uh, people who do not participate, despite the fact that they're putting one on. I do not believe Sony, Microsoft, or Nintendo will be in the E3 proper showcase Uh, Sony is definitely not. Nintendo is definitely not. I think Nintendo will be present in like E3. There may be like a demo or something available, but Nintendo, Sony, and Microsoft will not be on the docket for E3's stuff this year. And I think that after this year, I think that E3 will go back to being a more niche trade show. I think they will concede defeat and stop trying to make E3 
something that people outside of games media care about. Games media wants it to be a media showcase. The industry wants it to be a media showcase. Uh, E3 would be better off focusing in on its core audience, and that is media outlets. So my theory is E3 is going to have a rough year. Uh, Lots of things will happen around E3, but it's going to be like a really shitty concert with an awesome setup outside, right? Like all the food trucks will be there. All the awesome cover bands will be there, but the actual band on stage will suck. Okay. Okay. But then coinciding with that, it will fall back to becoming a smaller, more focused show in the years following. Okay. So I've got it in the book. Here, here's how I've typed it in. Um, okay. E3, E3 20, it's a, it, I put two parts for your prediction. E3 2021 will not do well this year. And this in, com, in kind of flavor text, you know, one of the many things is just no yep. or little Sony, Microsoft, Nintendo presence. That's not necessarily, those things are not dependent on that getting right or wrong. Just general, the overall theme of that first part is that it won't do well this year. Generally, yeah. the overall thought process will be E3 sucked this year. Yeah, um, E3's website will not have the things you want to watch on it, right? Um, and yes. then the second part of this is that it will become more niche after this year. Uh, the main yep. focus being it'll probably focus more on media outlets on there. That is a two-part. That part one's tricky because if they do that, they won't talk about it this year probably. It would probably be an early 2022 thing. But it's I, I'm putting it in there because I do think after – after E3 has problems, there's going to be a lot of discussion again about where that show should they, go. They, and They have to announce and start talking about their plans before 2022. Like, mm-hmm. So we should hear something by the end of the year. We should. Yeah. Um, you took one of mine. Okay. Was you, that the E3 one? The E3 one was one that you okay. took. Okay. Um, well, sorry. No, it's cool. It's, it, that's how we flipped the coin. We let fate decide, and yep. that's how it rolled. Um, whoever says it first gets it. Even um, though you you set your you got the coin toss, so you could have beat me to it, but that's how the you know that's l- how it goes. Luck of, luck of the flip. Yeah. Um. What? I haven't done a Sony one yet, so let me let me dig into my Sony bag of tricks here. Um, yeah, tell us about the new movies that are. I mean, sorry, games that are coming. <laughs> They're great movies. I mean, games. Shut up. Um. Man, which one do I want to do? I have I have a few. Which one do I want to do? Um, um ooh, boy, Jim uh, Ryan is waiting. Yeah, no. Let me let me. I, I'll think about one of those. I'm gonna I'm gonna pick another one here. Okay, okay. No, I'll pick another one here. Here we go. <clears throat> Halo Infinite will be released this year, of course. It, this is that's part. Halo Infinite, it's coming out this year. It'll be when it, on its release, it will be praised as one of the best, if not the best, Halo game in this in the franchise. Mm-hmm. Um, that's part one. Part two of this is that it it, it, it the probably the bolder prediction here. Um, okay. We'll see. It will. <clears throat> Halo Infinite will help make Xbox the best selling console of the holiday season. This year, um, that is that is my prediction. I think that uh, I really think that the extra year that that studio is putting in on Halo Infinite is really going to um, 
sell it to gamers and to consumers in general. And I think couple that with the fact that now that the 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 system we've all we talked about it before when it was slated to come out in 2020 that like <clears throat> Halo is their big system seller, and if they had released it along with the consoles, it would have been a hit. And I still think it's going to be a strong hit. You know, we have no idea what Sony's going to do for this holiday season, but we have a pretty good idea of what they're going to do, what Microsoft is going to do, and I think Xbox and Halo Infinite is going to drive Xbox sales for the Mm -hmm. Series X and the Series S this holiday season to make it the best-selling console. You know, and I I guess I have to say the family of consoles because it has two different systems um, this holiday season. Um, and by holiday season, I'm talking about that, like November, December timeframe. Yeah. So either November or December, it being the top selling of yes. the three. Bold of you to think that either of the Sony or Microsoft consoles will surpass the Switch, but <laughs> I'll let it stand. Um, I'll let it stand. Um, I am going to, I've, re- I've reordered my list because I have a complimentary one to go with yours. Ooh. Uh, mine was very straight and to the point. You let me know if I need to uh, change anything about it, but my is that Halo Infinite will be delayed again. Whoa. Yes. Really? Yes. Okay. I, if you need me to dive in deeper, I can, but I my, my solid one is the date they've given us right now is not the date that that game will come out. It will be delayed again. It will be delayed again. Um, be slightly more specific. Do you think, will it be delayed to later in the year or do you think it will be delayed to 2022? I'll say later in this year. Later, in I'll 20- say it will, it will come out this year. Um, okay. But even if it is just a two week delay, I think it is going to be delayed Again, okay, yeah, that's a that's a bold one. That like the fact that it's being delayed because yeah. like I'll, I'll give us a, I wanted a specific time frame because if you just say it got delayed, yeah. they could easily say, oh, we do some extra polish, we're going to delay it another yeah. week. Uh-huh. But if like it, I, we're going to delay it, but it's still going to come out in twenty twenty one. There we go. Yeah, I so like this is not part of my prediction, but I want to talk about Halo for a second mm-hmm. because I love Xbox, I love Halo, I want to be very direct and frank about my feelings toward halo right now i do not think that halo infinite will be the best halo ever made uh in fact i think that halo infinite will neither perform i think it will perform exuberantly well but not because it is the best halo game ever made it is because it is going to launch into game pass and i think that you look at the what 20 million game pass subscribers that are there right now a large majority of them are probably there because they know the next Halo game is coming to that service day and date. I think that number will also shoot up when Halo comes out for everyone using Game Pass as a trial to test it out or to sub to play Halo for a month or two. However, I do not have high expectations for this. I'm going to tell you something, Cameron, that rocked my world. It was, it's one of those, you ever hear a fact and the fact is just so blatantly like true that it hurts your reality. Yes. And the fact is that Halo 3 came out the same year as Call of Duty Modern Warfare original, Call of Duty 4 Modern Warfare. 
Whoa, really? I, I would consider, I would say that when Halo 3 came out, it was the top of its game. Modern Warfare put Call of Duty back on the map in a way that it is now crescendoed, right? Like it, it almost died, but then another Modern Warfare came back and it is now like Call of Duty is riding high. I'd say Call of yeah. Duty is bigger and badder than it's ever been, right? Halo, not so much. In fact, I would argue that Halo has yet to release a game that is equal to Halo 3 in quality, both multiplayer story across the board. Reach was a, I would say, a love letter that Bungie wrote before they pieced out. But when I look at 4 and 5, I just don't see the talent. I don't see the delivery of top-tier industry-setting talent that you saw in Halo 1, 2, 3. And I know that's a very pessimistic Whoa. view coming from me. Yeah, that but is. It. I do not think that Halo Infinite is going to save Halo. I think that a lot of Halo fans will be into it, but it is not going to be a game, I think, that really puts Halo... It's not going to be the Call of Duty Modern Warfare that we got last year that causes it to reignite the love, right? And And if we really look at it, it was Warzone that put Call of Duty back on the map. But like... We know a battle royale is not cut. I just don't think that. I just don't think Halo is a game that is going to get back to what it was as far as like industry acceptance. It may pass it in numbers because if you look at the numbers, like there are four times as many gamers today as there were back then. So it's easy to beat those numbers, right? Yeah, I mean, there's. It's it's easy to beat Halo 3 numbers because there's four times as many consoles out there right like it's like what was it the xbox series x like surpassed the 360 like the the sell the sell through date of the 360 what was it like the first three months they passed it like one week like that's it's just one of those where i don't think it's going to be hard for them to beat it but like is halo going to come back i we'll see i think that boy that's this is a bigger conversation but i think that when you look at like what's going to carry xbox for the next five years it's bethesda bethesda is about to carry xbox for the next five years uh everything else is going to be padding but when they come out and they say starfield is coming to pc and xbox only people will have an uproar but then it will carry xbox and game game pass will go through the roof it will carry that brand into the future so okay okay I'd love to talk about that sometime. We'll, we should have a, a, a topic about that one episode. Um, Connery in chat says, uh, Connery01 says, 2022 is what they expect um, Halo Infinite to launch at. I, oh, okay. I, I think it will be 2021. I think a year will be plenty of time for them to get their head on yeah. straight and fix whatever problems they had with Halo Infinite. Um, cool. Cool. My number four, I tweaked it number a little bit um, to break it apart because I felt like it was too easy. Um, okay. I'll tell you what the prediction is, and I'll tell you what I originally had it as. And you'll probably say, yeah, it would have been too easy. Um, Horizon Forbidden West will release this year. It will release in 2021. Yes. That is part one. Part two. That is is a non-suggestion. Hold on. Hold on. Go ahead. Part two. It will sell, and I'm being being specific here, it will sell around 30 to 50% more than the original... In the same time frame, on like, within the month, within its launch month, 
it will sell 30 around 30 to 50 percent more than the original horizon zero dawn not more than 50 not less than 30 around 30 to 50 percent okay that is part two i am not done yet now part three he's crazy um while horizon forbidden west will launch god of war the sequel to god of war 2018 will not launch this year it will not launch in 2021 i'm putting that all as one big prediction mainly because horizon horizon forbidden west and the sequel to god of war i know that got announced at like the last uh sony press conference like boom 2021 Mm -hmm. 2021 and they've talked about horizon forbidden west being 2021 um like i honestly do not feel that you launch two big juggernaut games like that in the same in the same year i mean it rutu in chat says they show nothing from god of war sequel to be very honest, they haven't really showed a lot from Horizon Forbidden West either. Just a very lovely CG trailer. They could have, you know, we. I think we've done this long enough, Seth. We know they could gussy yep. up trailers anytime they want to. Mm-hmm. Um, doesn't that like you know? But you know, even so, you know, the the big thing there is that Horizon Horizon was released in 2017, February of 2017, and I think that has a better chance of being released in 2021 than God of War, which the original was released in mid, I think it was like May or June of 2018. So I think that yeah. um, definitely Guerrilla Games has had a lot more time to develop this game. Um, but I also think that from a sales perspective, it will do um, it, it will do well. It will do 30 to 50%. Yeah. It won't do crazy numbers. But to, to, put, um, to put that in perspective, my original prediction was that Horizon 2 was going to release this year, but uh, God of War was not going to release this year. Yeah, that that's... So, no. I, so, again, my prediction. Horizon yeah, Forbidden West will release this year. It will sell anywhere roughly from 30 to 50% more than the original in the same time frame of its sales, so, so within its month of release. Um, and God of War 2 will not release in 2021. That is my prediction. That's a good prediction. I like that prediction a lot. You're up for number four. I'm up. All right. You knew it was coming. This is more of an industry thing, not so much a a gaming thing. But mm-hmm. uh, my prediction, by the end of this year, a VTuber will become one of the top five, I put live channels, meaning like channels that live stream mm-hmm. on either YouTube or Twitch. Twitch, I think, is going Whoa. to be a bit more problematic because they are so scared of copyright that they don't allow music and music is a big part of VTubers culture because they are idols. They sing music. They make, create their own music and Twitch just doesn't allow things other than their royalty free chip tunes. So the, I think that it's more likely to be on YouTube, but yes, I think a V2, I think that VTubers will not, they will not surpass. Like, I don't know that we're going to get a VTuber that's like Ninja, right? But I think that a VTuber will be in the conversation with Shroud and uh, I I mean, Ninja's huge, but like they will be talked amongst as one of the top five creators on either YouTube or Twitch. YouTube more likely. But by the end of this year, I think that a VTuber will be the top five channel live streaming channel. Do you accept that? Well, so uh, repeat that again. A VTuber. A VTuber. Yes. will become one of the top five live channels 
on either YouTube or Twitch. On either or, not both. Either either or, not both. Uh, because the, the thing about it is, is if if they're on YouTube, they're probably not on Twitch and vice versa. Okay. When you look at view, when you look at Twitch, Twitch has great viewership and a lot of engagement, but YouTube spanks it on numbers every day. But it's it's a weird dichotomy. Like Twitch is cooler mm-hmm. and bigger in certain areas, but then YouTube spanks it across the board. And YouTube is a lot more accepting of like I would say non-gaming content, which is very important to VTubers because as much as the gaming content will drive growth. People also want to hear VTubers sing and perform and be entertainers, yeah. right? So I'll allow that. Okay. I will allow that. Point My- being, VTu- I think VTubers are going to be way bigger than I think they are going to continue to grow. I think that VTubers okay. will become just like Let's Players were a thing, VTubers will become a thing. And it will be something that lots of people try, a couple of people do really well at, and then there will be a few that become gigatons. Okay. So, I think this is the one I want to. This is my final prediction. Okay. I think this is the one final I want to on. Since we did talk about Zelda, I feel like I got to throw a Zelda prediction in here. Okay, so here's, here's here's my Zelda prediction. Uh, in my, one of my five predictions. So, <clears throat> I'll actually I'll I'll add another addendum to this. Um, Zelda, the the next Legend of Zelda game will have. We'll have a direct, a Nintendo Direct dedicated to Zelda in the second half of 2020. So this is after June 30th. Okay, that's part one. Part two, you know, we talk about breath. You know, Breath of the Wild two will be involved in there somewhere. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, that game will not release this year. It will release in 2022. Even though we have a direct in the second half of the year, it will not release until 2022. I'm not done. That's part two. Part three. Somebody stop him. The title of that game will not be the Breath of the Wild 2. They will rename the additional thing. It will, it will, you know, for a, for a point of driving money, it could be named two. In in fact, it's a direct sequel, but it will not be named breath. The breath of the wild two will not be its name. It will be something else. The sound of the echo. Sure, I don't, I'm not going to, I'm not even going to try and guess that. But that is my prediction, three parts. Uh, I'll take it, I'll take it. um, Zelda is, I know I've been reading some stuff, especially on today's 35th anniversary of the game, like Zelda, Mm -hmm. Breath of the Wild was announced a couple of months before it actually got released. Uh, But I think that whatever is going on with Breath of the Wild 2, or whatever it's going to be called, uh, they're going to take a little bit extra time. I don't know. I don't believe that it's going to be a holiday launch title. Um, I think the Switch, honestly, is selling well enough that it doesn't have to have some large title anchored in the holidays for it. And so, again, it has Nintendo has shown time and again that it's reaped the benefits of being released in the early part of 2022, uh, or early part of the year, um, releasing a, a big game or something like that, and I think that that is what it's going to do. It, the original one did great in March. I think it's going to do the, follow that same formula in twenty for um, Breath of the Wild 2 or whatever it is. Very nice. This is not my prediction. My prediction has nothing to do with this statement I'm about to make. I'm just curious. Do you think that a new Switch is coming this year? 
That was a prediction I had on the list, but I chose not to do it. I don't think there there will not be a Switch Pro. Okay. The, the Nintendo Switch, again, people are like, Switch Pro's coming. The, the Switch Pro will come when sales of the Nintendo Switch begin to drop. When they start not selling as many as, as much, you know, everything they can make, then we'll start talking about a Switch Pro. But until then, there's no reason. There's no monetary reason for them to add, you know, add additional resources to a pro version of a system that is fucking selling like hotcakes. Yeah. So Good point. Good point. All right. You ready for my final prediction? Yes. It is a two-parter. It is a very Ooh. simple two-parter. A Silent Hill reboot will be announced this year. And it will be PlayStation exclusive. Whoa. This year will be PlayStation exclusive. Now, notice I did not say it's coming out this year. I am simply saying it is going to be announced this year. That, to me, would be too much of a softball. However, I think it will be a PlayStation exclusive. I think that looking at how PT did... Now, I know that PT had the benefit of being a Kojima thing and it, you know, had that magic. But when you look when you are Sony and you look at PT and what it what it was leading up to hype wise, Mm -hmm. if Konami had not exploded, it probably would have been one of the best selling horror games of all time. Like it probably would have put Silent Hill up there, up there, if not past Resident Evil in Mindshare moving forward. But shit exploded. They got out of gaming for a while. Then gaming quadrupled in size. And now they're like, wait a second. We want to be back in this. Insurance and Pachinko is not as great as we thought it was. (laughs) Oh, my God. Uh, I just, uh, I'm I'm checking back on tweet, on um, comments here in Twitch chat. Conrio1 in chat says, the new Nintendo Switch. Yep, that's that. That would be the name of it, right? That's... You're right. That would be the name of it. You're yeah, right. I want you. Okay. I we can't talk. There would be a whole episode about the new Switch, but if it is not called the Super Nintendo Switch, they have failed us as a company. They have failed us as a like as a species. We will have been robbed if it is not called the Super Nintendo Switch. I'm not going to disagree with you here. I'm not going to. I digress. Okay, I digress. So, those are our predictions, guys. That is five it. predictions. Um, five predictions each. We're going to track those predictions. We're going to revisit this. I've got it in writing in the show notes here. So when next year comes around, we're going to revisit these and we're going to see who was right, who was wrong, and who's going to get that sweet, sweet, sweet steak dinner. Um, and guys, that is it for the show That's here. It. That's it for Rocket Punch Show episode thirty-four, guys want to thank you guys so much for joining us here tonight. Um, everybody on Twitch, everybody who's watching via YouTube, everybody who's listening via podcast services, uh, we greatly appreciate everything you guys are doing. Uh, remember, rockpunchgo.com is the place you want to be to check out all the content I'm making for you. Uh, YouTube.com slash Go, where you can find my videos. I'm hoping to get some release this week, so stay tuned for that. Um, and other than that, guys, we want to thank you so much for coming out, hanging out with us, goofing off with us. Uh, we wish you all good well-being, Stay safe, stay healthy, good night, and good game. We'll catch you guys later.